Hello, everybody. What is going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Are you tired? Are you tired of your tired headgear? Is your headbands getting worn out? Is your headgear getting shot up? Are you getting holes in your sandanas? Well, if you are, uh, there's a guy over, his, his name is Mike, over at Charm City Paintball, who is making some awesome headbands, some head wraps. He's making tie backs, Velcro backs, um, all kinds of fabrics and uh, design work. It's it's amazing. There's no sublimation. This is all pattern from uh, from from all kinds of different fabric designs, but uh, but it's all canvas material. He uses also he uses this like uh, stretchy material too, which is which is really nice. Um, so if you don't want it, something that's so heavy, uh, it it you know and it doesn't feel super bulky on your head. He he uses that material too. But but everything that he makes is usually in runs less than ten. Uh, so it's it's all limited. Everything that he makes is all limited. It's all hand sewn in the United States down in Florida uh, by Mike himself. He makes everything. So uh, make sure you give him a shout. Check out all of his uh, all of his stuff up on I was gonna say YouTube, but he doesn't have a YouTube channel um, on Instagram and Facebook. Charm City Paintball. Tell him that Carl sent you over there. Um, so thank you to Mike. We are also brought to you by Carbon Paintball, who has a uh, they have a free six pack um, thermal po- SC pod going on right now. If you buy an SC harness, so. If you buy, let's see, uh, if you buy, uh, if you buy, yeah, an SC harness, you get free SC pods, a free six pack. So that's pretty sweet. And if you guys, uh, if you don't know who Carbon is, they are a uh, a company that makes a base layer, uh, makes jerseys, makes pants, makes uh, makes all kinds of cool stuff. I wear their base layer, which is uh, a a thermal top and bottom, or a compression rather top and bottom that has integrated pads and uh, they don't go anywhere. I mean, that's the best thing, man. You know, when you're diving around, you're sliding around and you're, you're playing front, your arm pads and knee pads, it is, it is essential that they stay in place. And if they don't, it's such a pain in the ass. I don't know how many times I've seen guys who are in the snake or getting in Doritos and they got to sit there and they got to take a few seconds and they got to move their pads around because they're, you know, they're, they're off to the side or, or whatever. But with carbon pants, um, I'm sorry, with the carbon uh, bottoms, the SE bottoms and tops, you do not have that issue. They stay in place. They're nice and tight. I enjoy them. Uh, it's a great company. Make sure you check them out, carbonpaintball.com. Uh, if you guys have any questions about team sponsorships or any questions at all in general, uh, make sure you hit me up, carl at carbonpaintball.com. And uh, if you guys use the promo code capital T-P-O-P at checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order. So make sure you check them out, carbonpaintball.com. And we are also brought to you by Planet Eclipse, who I believe have a nice, fancy new website up. And uh, I'm looking at it right now. So uh, they have this little weapon that came out called the Eclipse E-Mech. And I have been using it as much as possible because it's so much fun. Um, 
Obviously, they have the CS2 out that is just killing it. But uh, but you want if you want to plink around in the backyard with a uh, mechanical marker, and you want to compete with all your friends who have all these autocockers and um, fancy, really super expensive uh, things that has a bunch of moving parts. Yeah, go ahead. But you know, what? I'm gonna pick the Eclipse Emec because it's super simple, lightweight. It has a buttery smooth hinge trigger and is perfect for uh, for just getting out there and shooting guys with autocockers. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so make sure you check them out, planeteclipse.com, and uh, check out their new website. It's pretty fancy. So thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, this episode, uh, this, this guest is Nick Sloviak, and... I've known Nick for a long time, and uh, he has he has come into his own as far as the uh, the the paintball world, and he's he's working for GI, he's working for Go Sports, he is the social media man uh, everywhere. I'm sure he wears more hats than that, but you know he he is his face is plastered all over the place, and he's been doing a great job with Maddie and Todd and everyone over there at Ghost Sports at, uh, at, you know, bringing us the where, when, and how paintball, you know, competitive paintball of today. And, uh, and, and Nick, Nick's a great guy, man. He's very relatable. He's been, uh, I, I played with him on Aftershock. I have, um, I don't know, you know, I think that's the only team I've ever played with him on. But I've known him for years. I've known him for years. And he has been doing so much for the sport. He now is on uh, the Go Sports Live podcast um, video thingy do that they have going on with Steve uh, Rebkoff. But make sure you guys check it out. And uh, enough of my babbling. Here is the podcast with Nick Sloviak. Uh, kind of. So, I don't know what game actually came first, but uh, PUBG blew up and came up at the same time, kind of as Fortnite. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, I heard of that. Uh, but they're just essentially, you fly over a map and you drop in, and you have the freedom to essentially kind of go wherever you want and loot stuff. And then, over time, the circle or storm closes and corrals everyone in the middle. It's it's a, a battle royale, uh, either a hundred on a you know a hundred people. Or as close to like 100 people as they can get uh, fight it out mm-hmm. and then um... okay cool so it's all set and then you can play teams four on four uh, there's different event modes it's just it's just like the latest craze in games right now what, 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 which is weird though because it's essentially just like any other first shooter right uh, yeah, I mean, it's, there's third person and first person, but it's it's more open world, and there's a bunch of different loot and airdrops, and I think it's just, um, the maps are huge. They're really big, and, and there's no other game really out there that lets you just jump out of a plane, and you f- you can fly wherever you want to go and set up that strategy. As a survivor mm-hmm. game, as a battle royale game, I don't know, it's addicting as hell. Yeah, I, well, I started playing Call of Duty, like, ah, uh, man... 
when I don't even know what number it was, but I started playing it and I could definitely tell how addicting it could get because I was just every day when I get free time, I'd be like, eh, I'll play a couple games, which would end up being like 10 games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I always joke. There's only a few things that I've only woken up. I've only woken up early for one's paintball and the other one's video games. Yeah. Like we would wake up early in high school to go play Halo at my, at my buddy's house. Dude, man. Yeah. Then even before I had Cooper, uh, I was playing the game, and then it just got to a point where I was like, a few hours went by, and it, I, it didn't even feel like anything happened, and I, I felt so unproductive that I just shamed myself into never playing that. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I didn't do anything except for yell at a screen and people across you know the country for three hours. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I'm sure I will. <laughs> but I don't know. I I, I kind of started. Getting, I probably wasn't even as deep into it as I thought I was. You can get pretty deep. Yeah, on that rabbit hole, man. Jesus, and the, the so same same things with Fortnite. Is that? Uh... Yeah, Fortnite. <clears throat> Fortnite's more like cartoony, yeah. whereas Pub PUBG Player Unknown Battlegrounds is like uh, like Call of Duty or Battlefield. We're using like real guns and bullets and shit and Fortnite you can like build walls and buildings and set traps yeah it's a little more like you know, cartoony and kiddish yeah I don't know yeah, I hear everybody playing that shit though mm-hmm and it's always people like my age who is like oh yeah, yeah I, gotta, I gotta go home I gotta play uh, I gotta play Fortnite or I gotta play uh, PUBG like I don't have no idea what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> I'm just like, so yeah, I'm yeah, so I've... out of it Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I uh, I follow a couple of people um, on Twitch, and they've got three guys. One guy will go on, he'll get one hundred and twenty thousand people watching him at once. <laughs> and this other guy's anywhere from thirty to forty thousand. That's just insane. That's so silly. Yeah, and but like, they make a killing off it, and they're making six figures a month. That's what I was gonna say. So they can, so they just how and people donate, or is it just like <laughs> they donate? And then did you check out Twitch? Did you see Archie's stream? Mm-hmm. So they'll do something like that, and they're just very animated, and they talk to people, and they bullshit, but they're very also very good at the game, so people want to watch them. And then they have stuff made up so that you can, you can get their skins, you can get emotes, um, but when you go through Twitch um, and you subscribe to somebody and you pay for it, uh, you're paying four ninety nine a month, half that money goes to these, these people. So, you know, if these guys have got, you know, you got 10,000 followers, 10,000 times... 250 mm. per month you're making some coin that's so crazy oh yeah yeah all for to watch someone play a video game which they're doing probably you know more than uh eight hours a day i'm assuming or they might even need playing no, eight, not eight even. hours a day not even i mean let me um i don't know that you can see what someone went on for but this guy shroud he's playing rainbow six right now he's got two twenty thousand five hundred forty people watching him yeah. How many people do you get watching you? I don't stream. Oh, why not? I've talked about it. No time. I'm going to have to do it here at work. Mm -hmm. I don't have room at my house. And I deliberately left my like my gaming computer and even my Xbox is here at work. So I can't play it when I get home. So do you play uh, do you play PUBG on your computer? Is it a mm -hmm. computer game? I use, yeah, well, it's both. You can play PUBG and Fortnite on PS4. 
PS3 or PlayStation and, and Xbox. Have the platforms crossed over, or is it still if you play it, it's it's on this or no, it's on no crossover? Yeah. Hmm. But it's essentially it's essentially the same thing. The console lacks a little bit behind on updates, but yeah. yeah. So are you uh, are you is work GI or is it Go Sports? It's both. Are you recording this? Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, it's both. So. I feel like this. I mean, I'm still doing all the uh, like a lot of the social media, customer service stuff for GI monitoring the ch- all the channels. Right. Um, and then Go Sports. Uh, Darren Sasenya, the Iceman, is uh, essentially showing me the ropes um, when it comes to just getting some of the technical stuff. So, technical technical side talking down. No, <laughs> no, I can't do that. Because these damn almonds are so good. Yeah. Are they flavored or just uh, salted? They are Maracana almonds grown in Spain, roasted and seasoned with sea salt. This, like, one little thing here, which is almost gone, cost me, like, 12 bucks at Costco. Kirkland brand. Ooh, delicious. Mm. But, yeah, doing Ghost Sports stuff, like, when you, um, now at the end of the events, when you see, if you go to watch matches on Ghost Sports, I'm mm. the one that's chopping those matches up. So as soon as we're done tearing everything down, um, late into the night, Sunday night, and fly back Monday down to Florida. I take the hard drives. I've got a whole like setup over here. I've got three monitors in front of me right now, mm-hmm. and I've got a whole like I don't even know what's called disk drive set where I can plug in the hard drives. I have the hard drives pop up on a, uh, a big monitor to my left, and then I go through the games and I cut them, and then I have to upload them to the the Go Sports website, right? And like write descriptions and do all that jazz. So are they at least cut up, like game no. to game, or they're just they're, they're in big day? long stretches, yeah. Jesus. And some of them are different. Some of them are shot. Um, I never really knew this. Some are shot in, in different um, formats. Mm-hmm. So some of the games are like huge, like just raw files. That you, if you've shot with photography, right? It's almost like raw. And so you have to do a bunch of stuff. You have to. Um, like the word escapes me right now. Yeah, talking. <laughs> I can't think of words. Uh, but you have to um, break the game, like break down that file so it's smaller, so it can be uploaded to the site. Mm-hmm. And then while doing that, we're constantly looking for highlight clips and, and remembering notes uh, and commentating with Maddie. We've got notes, and we're you know trying to to do stuff for this week on Go Sports and any show with the first looks, uh, any content that we can take from the event. We're it's going through my Arthur's computers over here to my right. Rose is behind me. We're trying to tie all that in together, um, and then you know do GI projects, social media projects, field projects. Yeah, there's a lot. But so yeah, you wear like, many like hats. Yeah, uh, primarily just this one. I noticed that. Broadcast because yeah. Darren's like, Darren's like, you gotta wear a Go Sports hat. I'm like, but Finley's cool, and Jimmy gives me a hat, and I like to wear it. Whatever. I thought that was a Midwest hat. No, this is a Finley one. Although I do have a black one. Aha. Booyah. Here's my Midwest hat. It's on my backpack at all times, just in case I need to, you know, accessorize between Ooh, there you green, go. And, green and cold dirty. They should start putting chin straps on hats and have that. Um, that. I think that's patented by somebody already. Mm. Mm. Who loses their hat? Why do you need a chin strap for a hat? I know that that is. So what's true. up? What's going on? What's Nothing, shaking? man. Just uh, you know, same old, same old. Just trying to get uh, trying to get shit going everywhere, all around. Home life, paintball life. How's your knee? 
Um, the knee is actually doing a lot better than what I was, but I'm not where I want to be. <laughs> well, I want to be on a beach somewhere too with millions of dollars, but oh, yeah, I want to be 20, you know, 22 again, but I'm Ooh, 32. I, I can't 22. believe that was 10 years ago. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Time flies. I man. can. <laughs> I can definitely believe it. I, I looked in the mirror yesterday and I have gray hairs out of my chin. Oh yeah, me too. I was like, oh man. I found a few on the top of my head. I've had those. Well, I've had, I've had the ones on the side for a while. But I'm that's in. Much. That's in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going for that look. I know. I know. That's no, going good, man. I'm just um, you know, trying you know, doing a lot. Doing uh you know, doing jujitsu in between playing paintball and uh being home and raising the kid and Yeah, just a lot, you know. A lot to take yeah. in. A lot of stuff going on at work, so that's good. Yeah. Right. Well maybe uh maybe since you, you, you haven't had to take all those days off for paintball, maybe we can just fly you to Florida and you can be on the, the GI show. Dude, I would love out. to. I would love okay. to. Well, I'll talk to my people. You and Billy would get along because he goes to jujitsu every day. Nice. I think every day. He always leaves the office and goes and wrestles guys. Yeah. And he talks about how easy it would be to kill me, and I go, "I believe you. Don't don't fight me." <laughs> yeah, I wish I could do it every day, man. That, that, that would be awesome. Like I can, I'm, I'm probably at most three times a week, four if I get lucky. But um, that's pretty good, though. Oh, dude, no, I would go every single day if I could. Honestly, it's like, like yeah, I used to play paintball three to four times a week. Dude, I feel like that's where like, it should what? be, though. Like if if you know, and I've said this on the podcast a bunch, and I'm sure you heard me bitching about it, but it's like. I, I really hope to someday see guys have, you know, all their worries of what they're doing is, be, you know, having to worry about playing paintball as much as possible. Sure. At least I'm on the pro you. level. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, there are people out there, right, that make that, that effort to try and do it as much as you, they can, which yeah. is, is encouraging because I see less and less uh, players uh, and young, I always say younger. They, some of them are even older than we are, but because they they have, they're not at that division yet, mm -hmm. uh, they're always younger. They have to be younger, but they just don't have the drive or put in. They don't have the work ethic. Yeah, or the luck. I mean, if they haven't come across, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, that luck is everything, but it definitely has something to do with it. I mean, at least maybe not luck, maybe opportunity and recognizing opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's big. Yeah. So. uh Congratulations on the ICC win. Oh, thank you. I got a whole slew of guns below me. Oh, I thought you were going to break thing. out your <laughs> your 3D printed uh, metal. No, my daughter will not let me take that from her. <laughs> now that I have brought the, the, nice, me the, the nice necklace home, yeah. it's hers. So it cannot leave the fridge where it's hanging up. You should put a magnet on the back so you can put it on the fridge and just keep it there. Oh, she'll, she'll pry it off. <laughs> She'll pry it off. Yeah, but those those are pretty sweet metals. Those are real sick. I I saw one. Um, I didn't see it up close, but I saw a picture of it up close, and I was like, "Those are three D printed. Those are awesome." Yeah, I mean, it's if that's any indication of how how cool the event is. I mean, Tim did an amazing job. He, um, you know, I just assumed it would kind of be not. I didn't go last year, but it would be a bunch of like the old ten man guys I looked up to out there just drinking and you know we'd be in a field and there'd really be no one around except for a couple of fields that are thrown together right um and it was like a mini nxl event 
um, but with the old guys drinking in a field. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. It was really cool, and uh, Tim did an amazing job. It was uh, if there's any event that a standalone event that you can try and do next year, uh, I would recommend the Iron City Classic, and then the other other event, event I can think of would be Ion, the Invasion of Normandy in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania, uh, just because there's four thousand people there, and that's so many people you can shoot. Jeez. And while you're at it, why don't you pick yourself up a GMEC from Planet Eclipse? Those are pretty nice. Yeah, that's my Have plug. you shot the EMEC yet? No. Ooh, I ooh, haven't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Dude. I heard it's nice, though. Oh, so nice. It, instead of that slide <laughs> trigger, it's got the hinge trigger. It just, to uh-huh. me, I would, if I had the choice, obviously, Planet Eclipse, amazing stuff. But if, mm-hmm. I, if I had the GMEC or the, the EMEC in front of me and I had to, like, play a mechanical tournament with it, so far, I've had you know nothing but great uh, great play with the EMAC. Okay, good to know. I uh, was talking to Jack Wood over Messenger the other day, and he was giving me some some trouble for using. I played one game with my free flow that I got from Buddy Bauer, like hand delivered. Mm-hmm. I played one game on the mounds, and it, like of course the first picture that pops up of me is with that gun. So he's like, "Oh, looks like everyone on X Factor loved their new guns." And I was like, "Ah ha ha!" I was like, "You know, Jack, this would all be." Um, Simplified if you just came out with an Eclipse autococker, you know, make a new one. Everyone's coming out with autocockers again. Maybe Eclipse should just, you know, be like everyone else. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it it would, it would be worth it. For how much goes into it? But there's, there's so much more manufacturing, I feel, that goes into those than than would go into a GMEC or, uh, or, or. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there probably is. They probably, I wouldn't doubt that they have. Uh, the production of the GMAC and the EMAC and all those guns down to a science, but mm-hmm. um, you know you gotta be you have to want to be able to tinker. And you, there is definitely, I mean, if you if you look at what autocockers are going for now to what they were five years ago, three years ago, yeah. Um, I mean, there's just a there's a huge market. I think Buddy for free flow sold out um, of his fulcrums in like two minutes. Nice. For and those are those guns were all priced minimum I think at nine ninety five and then depending on the anno you wanted or whatever extra parts they went like up one hundred one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars more <laughs> and he sold out like it's like look at he split and he's doing a whole he's doing all the guns the the millenniums the fulcrums uh, full body mini body and he's doing all that stuff so oh jeez I, I don't it might be just me but I feel like an autococker is just a big pile of problems. Well, that just sounds like you never <laughs> use an autococker and you can't and you short stroke the hell out of it. So it's okay. It's okay. One hundred percent. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know, but I like but I like but I like the feeling of a mechanical marker when you shoot it and you have just that one ball come out and it's like I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. I want it there, I want it there, I want it there. You know? No, absolutely. That's what I love about the autococker. I mean, the one game I played with the the gun the free flow at, at the ICC, I get up on a mound and I'm, I'm high and I see somebody. I see him. And I rotate my turret. I come up about 20 degrees and chink, and you pull the trigger and you hold the trigger back, right? The back block just sits back there. Mm-hmm. And then I just saw the pink paint go, and I let it go and it goes, and I'm like, yes, that was a kill. It was just so satisfying. It's about pink paint satisfying, I tell you what. Yeah. Yeah, it stains, wah, wah, wah. But man, you're not. Well, unless you're Danner, who cheated me and wiped a hit off his chest like I've never seen. Uh, Allegedly? Yeah, it's hard to... No, he did. Oh. He knows it. There was a bunch of drama in our game in the finals against uh, AC Empire, or AC Dallas. Um, 
I shot him in the chest and he cheated it. And then he rapped and shot me a bunch and the rep wiped me off and I ran the flag in and it was awesome. Anyway, yeah. So that's how it went down. That's exactly how it went down. You can watch it. I've already seen the close-up. I'm waiting for Darren to enhance the, uh, the, the footage. But you see him as soon as he gets to the corner, a hand just comes across his chest. Oh. Nothing there anymore. But, hey, that's part of the game. It is what it is. I don't blame him for it. You know, I, I kind of talked I, about I, this. I kind of talked about it on my last uh, this last podcast I did about like somebody was talking about cheating and wiping and whatnot. And I I've said that it's going to be it's going to be a part of the game no matter what, no matter you know fifteen years from now, you know two events from now, it's going to happen. Uh, a lot of the best ones that that do cheat, you're not going to catch. And the only the, I, actually the only ones that are probably going to catch it are the cameras. That would be the oh, only yeah. ones that would catch it. Otherwise, and see, that's such, stuff. it's such a different world now, though, you know, because you, you can, sure. knowing where the refs are and where they look and where the, the line of sights are, um, you can get away with so much stuff. But now having yeah, the cameras, you it's it would be exploited in, you know, the next upload. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, I think the, the big stigma behind it all, right, is the word cheating. Mm-hmm. Like there's, in, in football, I mean, it, it, there's it, it's not called cheating. I mean, the only thing you're doing, like, so, what did uh, if you if you're on the field of play, like, where I don't know, where where do you draw that line? Because Tom Brady did he cheat with deflating footballs or whatever? Was that cheating? Um, and why was that cheating as opposed to when a linesman holds the other guy? He's he's committing a penalty. It's just accepted. It is what it is. Right. So there's it's interesting. There's this honor system or belief in paintball that you know you can't cheat or you can't commit a penalty so i think when you say cheating cheating is this such a like a worse connotation mm-hmm. than penalty yeah like, oh he cheated oh no he just wiped off your head <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah like he didn't cheat he didn't go out of bounds he didn't pull a mike bruno yeah you know he stayed within within the realm of play on that playing field he committed a penalty did he cheat? No, he tried to get away with something, whether he gets caught or not. You know, that's on the referees, that's on the camera, it's on whatever system's in place to catch it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like in, in playing video games, right? We were talking about PUBG and Fortnite and whatnot. You know, people, oh, there's cheaters or there's hackers. Oh yeah, those guys are bl- They're they're breaking the uh, the parameters of the game. That's cheating. But is wiping off a paintball hit cheating? I mean, not not if you get caught. I guess I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a bending of the rules, right? In, in, or almost, it's actually a well, breaking it, of the it rules. It is because, well, I mean, you're, that's where you have to look at it. Like, if there's no referees, it's the honor system. I'm supposed to call myself out when I get shot and pull myself. But then you can argue, well, now if there's referees, uh, yeah, it's their job to find the hit and call me out. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely people that play that way. Right. Which I've done here and there. Well, we've. We've but, all done it. but we've I mean, all exactly we, we've all done it, and uh, you know this ain't airsoft, man. You, <laughs> it is not. Which I've never played airsoft, and I'll tell you, if I did play airsoft, I'd probably never come off the field. I probably would, but I wouldn't. <laughs> for the, <laughs> uh, I mean, you, it it definitely hurts. I remember yeah. the first time Rennick had airsoft at Badlands. I watched a guy like pop an airsoft pellet out of his cheek and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Ooh. He just popped a pimple and it was an airsoft BB just emerged. No, no, nope, nope. You're drinking coffee right now? No, this is uh, peach tea. 
peach tea. Yeah. Like I like Arnold Palmer peach tea. No, this is like a. I don't know. I think it's like a, a Earl Grey, some kind of Earl Grey okay. like peach tea. I just so, imagine you like with a peach dipping, <laughs> dunking it. <laughs> I do like peaches, but no, I like to drink something. Um, I like to drink something warm before I go to bed, and then something when I wake up. I like to drink uh, like a tea. I don't really like to drink coffee. I like to drink like, tea. Okay. Calms me. I like that. Yeah. My wife's big into tea. Yeah. Yeah. Big one. The big one that uh, I've been drinking for a while with her is dandelion tea. Ooh, we have a lot of those. Well, you should probably pull them from your yard. Those are weeds. And make tea. <laughs> yeah. Are they made from the le- like? Are they made from the leaves or the? I couldn't. I don't know anything about it. She does all the tea making. Every time I go to make tea, because uh, I I hate hot drinks. Really? I don't like. Yeah, because I don't have the time for it. Like I wanted. If I get a drink, I want to drink the drink. I don't want to have to sit there and wait. What about you know? room temperature like, drinks? Oh, it's perfect. And I chug it. Like I'm drinking this 50 ounces of water. Like I'm gonna drink this before we're done. I'm just, I just yeah, drink it. I'm doing water too. Okay. All right. You water and tea? Clean. Um, I am water and tea. As athletes, we know how to hydrate. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I can't stand hot tea. Like I like tea. I can't just can't stand the hot stuff. So as soon as it's like the like the right temperature for me not to burn my mouth, I just drink it all. Like in like two seconds. She's like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, I, I, it's a drink. I want to drink it. I want to drink it. <laughs> That's it. What about pizza? Ooh, man! I'll tell you what. Uh, after now moving to Florida, I have not found anything comparable to all the places in Chicago, and it's killing me. Yeah. It's also killing me because I'm doing this whole like kind of keto thing but not really doing the keto thing so i have found i did eat um i had pizza we did the bki summer camp two weekends ago it was awesome and i had pizza and i felt i can tell afterwards i felt just terrible i don't know Mm -hmm. if this was bad pizza but uh yeah pizza though i like pizza Pizza well, you like it piping hot? hot? It's worth burning my mouth. Okay. Burning, that, worth that burning my, my mouth pizza, especially deep dish in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like a good pie. But I like thin crust. Well, what, like, what kind of thin crust? Like New York-style thin crust or like – I mean I don't know. What, in Ohio, what do you – I don't know what you have there. Like you go to chains? Like don't don't say you go to a chain. Like you go to like mom and pop. Yeah, like, there's, a, there's a place called Oturo's that um, – that is actually that's a good name for a pizza place. Yeah, Nick's cousin's uh, dad's place. So it's re- it's really oh. good. They have really good thin crust. And I like it's the crispy thin crust. It's not like the it's not like the floppy big thin crust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York. Yeah, it's gonna okay. be crispy. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm not a I'm not a uh, a hater on any type of pizza. I'll try it. I'll try it all hmm. anywhere I go. But the only thing I don't like is. Little Caesars and Domino's. People are like, you want to get pizza? I'm like, yeah, I love. Let's let's do a pizza, even though it's been like months. Like, oh, we're gonna get Domino's. I'm like, that's not pizza. No, I'm not getting. No, no, nope, nope. You don't want cardboard? No, I just it's ugh, ugh. Yeah, cardboard. Cardboard would be better. If I could, if I can take a, I got a permanent marker over here. I'll draw a pizza slice on a piece of cardboard. That would be better than getting Domino's or Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah, Caesars. So uh, you moved down to Florida for your uh, your occupation. I did. I moved to Florida in April, uh, the right after Easter. Packed up everything, drove down here, moved in. I'm here in Fort Lauderdale. What it's were you nice doing before warm. that? I was just working in the Chicago area. I was working out of my house. Yeah. 
so I mean the only way I can if we go back to, to 2006 I started working for Procaps DXS uh, out of a warehouse we had in, in Chicago or outside of Chicago and then um, as the years went on um, GI came about there were two warehouses GI got um, acquired Procaps or the way I look at it it got them back because essentially it was Richmond and OP um, Sean a few other people that are all this in the same they all started in the same building Richmond got rid of it then they all came back to the same building once that happened we closed both the GI and the Procaps warehouse in Chicago opened up a new one and then with the acquisition when Tipman went up for sale and GI bought it um, then everything got moved to Fort Wayne uh, most almost everything we had a small little warehouse we had before uh, it was just Pat O'Toole and I and at that point um, I was asked to do social media and marketing and just kind of work that work that front because no one was really doing it mm-hmm. um, and then there was really no need for me the warehouse was so small that we only we needed one person to be there to, to take orders and ship stuff occasionally it was mostly just pick up orders from the Midwest region and uh, I just started working at home and then traveling to events and essentially I, I what I do now nothing's really changed I spend all my time in front of a computer on my phone getting notifications from oh what do we have here let me open this up I mean we've got GI Ghost Sports <clears throat> BKI JT Empire Tipman yeah I'm plugged into all that stuff so when something comes through chances are that I'll see it yeah. uh, in some way or another whether it's a comment a like a share I get all those notifications and then depending on who's on what shift uh, where you'll get responded to by some myself or somebody else but, as far, as this, but as far as the social media goes you're the one in charge of everything uh, not, I mean, not really. I mean, there's, there's in, in charge. There's like, it's funny. There's like not one person in charge of it, uh, which is kind of nice because, uh, we've got such a good team of people going through all of our, um, our content mm-hmm. and, um, morphing it to what we need. Um, but in the terms of, yeah, being in charge, yeah, sure. I can, I can t- turn my phone on right now and I can go live on GI go sports and I can be going live with us and there's, you know, yeah. I'm just gonna make Matt. If we say anything particular, I might make Rab mad and I'll delete it tomorrow. And yell at me <laughs> when he gets in. What's Rab's position? I mean, what is he? Uh, what is he considered at GI? I don't know. My boss. Well, I mean, he's oh. he's got his hand. Rab has got his hand in so many cookie jars. He's been doing stuff in paintball for so long. From you know, he worked for Dye and he built barrels and um, he's he's done sales. He's done he's done everything. So. Mm-hmm. Um, his official title. I don't. I'd have to like even see if I have an email from him that actually has what that is. I think it just says Rab. Um, but he does. I know he's stuff. just guy at tournaments who is bald, who <laughs> is everywhere. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, uh, you know, he he is tied in very tightly with all the event staff and coordinating who comes and goes to the events. Uh, he does that a lot with MB and oversees that. He, um, what does he do? He does stuff with sponsorship he does stuff with stores and fields um he works very closely with the, all the pro teams and their fields mm-hmm. uh he's he's up to date and up to speed on a lot of the products that are coming out um you know he's he's all the way down at the other end with billy but yeah he's uh, he's involved in just about everything they have the windows the windows yeah they have windows in their office looks like you just have walls yeah i mean i do i got one over there <laughs> It looks like glass, but that's that's a that's a window. To one another of the room. Four. 
No, that's just outside. That's that's oh. downtown Fort Lauderdale out there. If you could see it. Oh, fancy. Yeah, it's not too bad. So, how late would you be in the office? Are you just in the office right now because of the podcast, or is this? Yeah, know? I mean, I leave most of my like I don't bring in moving. Uh, one of the things that I did notice too is in it, being on my phone and my computer all the time, even when. So, in working from home was sweet. Uh, I mean, it's good and bad. Like, I'm a social person. I don't like just sitting there, and I, I definitely have like. ADD or ADHD or something where right. I, I just can't yeah like I have three screens in front of me so I'm always like even trying to talk to you I'm still constantly looking at things and wanting to click stuff and yeah whatever you need to do whatever I got paintball guns everywhere I can touch um so working at home was great but I'd always want to go and do stuff my wife I uh, was a preschool teacher um and then once we had our daughter you know her schedule would be she would leave super early in the morning 5 30 in the morning take our daughter to her mother-in-law or my mother-in-law's her mom's uh, come back between six and seven at night and want to spend time with me and do stuff. Well, I'm still, even at night, you know, it's if it, in the Midwest, you know, six o'clock, seven o'clock is four or five o'clock on the West Coast. There's still mm-hmm. stuff going on, responding, and, and social media, the internet never sleeps. So, you know, it's your, if you don't respond to people right away or have that presence, um, you know, that's not good. Right. So I was constantly always on my phone and computer. So the one of the things that I've done now with coming to Florida is I just, I've left my, my PC, I've left my laptop. I never really bring it home unless I absolutely have to. So most of the times, uh, yeah, I'll be here a little bit later at work to get yeah. stuff done. Get for GI empire, Tipman, go sports, whatever it is, cruise the airwaves. And I'm, it's nice because the spot that we're in, I'm literally two miles, um, north of the office. So it doesn't take me less than 10 minutes to really get home. Oh, nice. It's not bad. So, I mean, having uh, having a kid now has that has it made it harder on you to be able to dedicate time to uh, to paintball, like playing paintball in general, not necessarily working because it's your job, but uh, but but putting on gear and going out there and playing paintball has it made it harder to do that instead of like wanting to spend time uh, at home with with your free time anyway. Uh, I mean the travel whether it's for playing or for or for an event that I have to go to definitely is uh, I mean I, I don't know if it's selfish to say but anytime I have to put my gear on to go play you know to compete uh, when it doesn't matter it is funny it doesn't matter if it's in the NXL or if it's um, the ICC a 10 man or you know even doing a clinic like that's when time freezes for me you know that's what my passion is playing paintball mm-hmm. um, you know, my hey, I take my gear off. My thoughts definitely there. You know, one of the first things I do is I check my phone to see if I have pictures or updates from my daughter, see how things are going. Uh, I miss her and my wife very much. But it's it's interesting when I when it comes for me to play paintball, that's just everything kind of melts away. And that's in, you know once I get in my environment to do that. Um, but yeah, traveling's tougher. You know, it's it's definitely not it's not the greatest. You know, just mm-hmm. especially when, you know they're young, and you just see how much. Um, as I'm say, I'm sure you're aware of, you know, they can grow and things change in such a short period of time oh my from, God. from, from, yeah, cognitive abilities and being able to, to walk and, and then talk and then putting sentences together. And then now, I mean, the things that my daughter says, I'm like, how did you even hear that word? Like, there's no, how did you know? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. But you know, the one saving grace with that too, is that my wife is very, um, receptive and, um, supportive in that area. And having Skype, having FaceTime and, and, and all these different formats of being able to communicate via real time, almost and just generally anywhere in the world right. uh, makes it easier. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing that can you can really take away or nothing that can equal to that, that one-on-one time, that 
FaceTime, the actual time you have with your your spouse and your kid. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, it's getting, I'm sure it's, it's going to get tougher. Yeah. It's because now she knows, like, <laughs> I can't let her take me to the airport because my daughter knows I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. She's stoked to pick me up. She's like, we're at the airport. We're picking up daddy. Mm-hmm. And she wants to fly. She's like, can we go on a plane? And if I say yes, like an idiot, like, yeah, we can go on a plane. And then she gets really upset that I said that. And we're not actually going on a plane. We're driving away from the airport. Yeah. So I got to be careful. Jeez. Uh, yeah. My, I know my son's getting to that age right now where he's like, just on the brink of like the the verbal threshold of being able to talk in the same language as we do because he has he has the few words down but every once in a while he'd get into these rants where he's like talking like he's talking fluent something but it's definitely not english oh yeah and we're just waiting to like just everything kind of connect for him but he's dude he's a madman it's it's insane your son and and well there is that but um it's uh it's crazy because I feel like ever since I started playing sports and uh, well not started playing sports but started um he was involved in when I would actually uh, be leaving or coming back from events like I just mm-hmm. I felt like I was behind ever since I, I would come home and I'd see him I'm like you look like a half inch taller or he said something else or this like I felt like I was like missing all these pieces and. And Bruno's told me before, he goes, dude, they're young, you know, they're, they're not going to, you know, they miss you, and then two seconds go by, and then they forget that you're even there, and they go do something else, which is, you know, Ooh, prob- candy. probably true, yeah, but um, just the more and more I leave, and um, the more I, I spend time with them, and the more, like, I, we take a lot of walks and go to a lot of parks, and uh, we're involved with a lot, of, a lot of nature centers and whatnot, like, the more and more I do that, it's like, I, I want to be around them so much more. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's going to be this year, next year, two years from now, but I know it's probably not going to be not going to be like probably three years or so where I'm gonna I'm gonna my my knees are fucking garbage anyway, so I'm old as dirt. We're the same age, thanks. You ass. <laughs> well, I mean, just stop playing the front, dude. That's boring shit. That's boring well, to me. Someone's got to cover your ass. Well, that's, yeah. That's for yeah. somebody else. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I like getting really close. Like, other people like to shoot people from far away and shoot their guns oh, I like, like I this. like getting close, too. But, you know, someone's got to do that job. I know. And I give props to the people who do that or can do that. What? Dude, once front, always front. I will, I will hang up my fucking pack before I start playing a corner for the entire game. Oh, well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I got brought on to shock to play a corner. <laughs> They're like, hey, we needed someone fast like you run to a corner. I was like, that's it? So I was like, yep. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just run to the corner. Oh, well, that, corner? that was when? Corner? Uh, when, did, corner? when did you first get on to shock? End of 2006. And 2007. <clears throat> 2007, I played my first event with him. 2006, I was like, all I was doing was driving to Badlands Saturday, going home Saturday night, coming back Sunday, and just playing with and against them. Well, who were you playing for at the time? Voltage? No, they cut me because they're losers. <laughs> and then they turned into some avalanche team that didn't do very well at all. They weren't very good. Uh... Um, I was playing for Thunderstruck, and then we made – when the first when the first uh, All-Star game happened, <clears throat> it's D2. And the first all-star, 
<laughs> when the first All-Star game happened, it was a, there were six events in the NXL that year, or the mm-hmm. PSP. And the fifth event was at Rob Saunders Field, uh, an MAO. And that was just the NXL All-Star game. Um, we, a group of us, Damian, Damian Ryan wanted to play. So Damian Ryan, AJ Trillett, uh, David Weinrob, um, Corey, there was, there was a bunch of us that we made a team out of guys that have never played together and we we're called Denver altitude, uh, Adam Gomez. So a couple of the guys ended up going pro, um, Zach patient. We just, we made a throw together team, Christian Breezley. This is a guy that we, none of us had ever met, but he lived like 10 miles from the field. Uh, puts up the entry fee, uh, Robbie Goldsmith. Like we make this team of guys. We got a group of guys from the South, a group of us from the Midwest, and then a couple of guys from Colorado. Yeah. And we go in there and we play. And we end up taking fourth. Like we beat Voltage, we beat them in the prelims. Um, we beat a, a bunch of good teams. We end up losing to like Gridlock. We take fourth. Uh, and then after that, Denver Altitude had stopped playing, so we took their name for the seed points at Cup and did decent at cup. And then we went into the next event in 2007. We won it. And then I, as soon as after that, I went pro like officially like, yeah, I'll join the team. Let's do it. And so all these guys came into to Chicago to play aftershock. And when they showed up, I pulled like the Oliver, like, Oh, Hey, glad you guys are here. By the way, I'm, I'm playing for shock now. So I'm going to be playing against you, not with you. <laughs> Go team. See you in the field. Yeah. 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 yeah that was fun. <laughs> nice. How long did you play for uh play on shock for? Till 2012. Really? Till there was that one night in November. Ooh, that was, oh yeah, then the Houston Heat thing happened. Yeah, yeah, it did. So how did that come about? Why Why have, that's what I was wondering about. Why have a, a breakout event like, uh, you know, the, the night in November, and then the following year have it be something completely different? Obviously it worked out. Um well, that year for did. the for the team it worked out. Um, well, for me it did. For for Heat it worked out. For Shock, nope, nope. Were you happy on Heat? Yeah, the first year, to a point. I mean, but I guess the uh, stuff for the team for for Drew Templeton for Chris. Um, you know, there a lot of stuff had, had transpired in 2011. Uh, Dame, you know, there was issues with Jeremy. He ends up getting cut. We don't have a coach. Jake Whitaker comes in. That doesn't work out. Bruno comes in. Um, we all, we, everyone on the team knew who Bruno was and kind of just was like, well, this is, we'll just see how this goes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's whatever. It's, he play, he does the New Jersey event. It's the best we do all year. We still don't make the cut because it's stupid rules. Um, but Damien and Brad <clears throat> had come back and said that they would play with the team. Even though the only thing that they were playing was with seven man, they were playing with legend. Mm-hmm. So like, wow, the band's getting back together. Like we're getting the Midwest guys, everyone that's playing on shock back together. We've got a really good squad. And then the sponsorship sponsorship thing pops up where, you know, Damien and Brad say that they cannot compete on a non empire team. And so they're now with, with infamous because they that's infamous. who they work for. No, this is the building blocks of that, of them going to work for, for key for empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're playing with seven man. They had their loyalties to Dennis and that team, which is which is great. But then they say, I think essentially before Cup, uh, that they can't play with us. So that was a big blow. Uh, Damien, being who Damien is, is already in the ear of of half the guys on the team. 
about leaving Aftershock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of guys felt that there wasn't a lot of commitment from from Rennick and even from Bruno at the time. Only be, I mean, going from what we had with Jeremy and the team and that kind of falling apart to everything being unsure from rental cars to flights to hotels. Was, is it booked? Is it not booked? We, you know, how is practice going to be? Are we have paint for practice. People were just kind of over that. And then um, cups sucked. It was terrible. And um, seven man was our, kind of our last hurrah. And with that, in that 2011 year, Randy Smith had had come in and brought in Ryan, uh, Ronnie, LJ, and Max to play seven man with us. And he was also funding essentially all of us, to, a lot of us, to come up to Canada and play in the CXBO. Max. Um, uh, I just went completely blank on his last name. Facebook, help me out here. Max, why did I just? Um, It'll come to me, and I'll yell it out loud in the middle of another. Yeah, but he he, yeah, he was part of Randy's crew, and so uh, we win seven man. You know, like that's like that's like the stars aligning. Like you're instead of you're playing Dynasty in the finals under the lights in Vegas under the year, and we actually took fourth, I think, for the series. We actually did pretty good in seven man that year, but um. You know, Damien had talked to those guys and convinced them to join Infamous. And Chris, Greg, Chris, Greg, Chris, um, Zach, Drew, I think just those three left. And that was a big core of the team. And those three guys, Chris, I started playing tournament paintball with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that happened. Renick had made the decision to pick up um, a good chunk of Boom, Jansen, um, I think he picked up. I think he picked up Rob. I didn't really even know who Rob was. I knew Chris, but he picked those guys up, and it was just essentially Cody and I, and uh, and Bruno. And I was like, you know what? I'll go with it. It's a rebuilding year. I, I don't think there's one tournament I played on AfterShock since I got on the team that we had the same roster. I don't ever think that ever happened. Right. And um, and the first practice we had, it was just bad. It was really bad. I was like, I'm not doing this. And uh, a good little buddy of mine. Uh, had given me some insider info about a team that was forming and he made it a drive up to come see me about it and I didn't believe him and um, you know I had to make a decision and I left shock and then I just took a shot in the dark to see if there was room on that team for me and it, it turned out there was and that was heat and next thing you know I got a plane ticket I fly into Houston Chad George is there and I'm like what and then I get to the house um, and I'm like holy shit there's Fedorov Sergei Mishka got Chad George Sam Monville Ryan Ronnie LJ yeah, yeah. Okay, this could work. I can do this. And then the heat, the heat happened, and it was amazing. And we were all awestruck, and we practiced. And we averaged like 240 cases before every tournament, and we won, obviously, and we did really well, which is something no team's ever done. And uh, it was, yeah, it was great. And Crazy. I, well, I think that goes to show like what it takes to win. Not only dedication by you guys, but also a backing where you can play paintball as much. I mean, that's a lot of paint. That's a that's oh yeah, a it sucked. Ton it of sucked. Paint. It wasn't. I mean, it, the first year wasn't bad, but I mean, if you were to look at everything we, I mean, there was no team or a set of individuals that was working as hard as all of us as a collective. Right. Just, I mean, we were we were gone for two weeks. I mean, the layout came out and we were in Texas. Yeah, well, we were essentially we were, professional we were, athletes. We were, yeah, you know, I mean, we got we had a trainer come in. Uh, my friend Derek, who I was going to a gym with in Chicago, Randy flew him out and he beat the shit out of all of us, and it was terrible, but it was so cool. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was tough. It was hard, but it was it was rewarding. And then you know things didn't work out as well in thirteen. Uh, we won a few event. We won an event. We won Chicago, uh, and then in fourteen, our chaos came about. The Russians left, um, picked up Tim, Tim, um, Greg, and Ryan from Impact, and then uh, I got cut the year after that because the Russians came back and they went on and dominated with our chaos. Won like just about everything in two thousand fourteen. And then, you know, they're going to add Malloy to the, to now there's, so there's four of them, mm-hmm. and then stuff changed, and then floated around from there, but yeah, a lot of paintball. Why do you think those those three Russians have been so good? Or, you know, have been so good ever, ever since they started, even with, uh, you know, the beginning of, of the newer Russian team? What do you think made them so good? Was it just consistently playing and, and constant paintball all the time? Or I think, what set I, yeah, those three but, out aside? Uh, I mean, just their training and then their their basic understanding of the game. Um, I mean, they they have a, their muscle memory is, is just set. It's almost I don't know if you, how you what you can compare it to. I mean, a pitcher throws strikes. I mean, they they throw strikes, and mm-hmm. they throw strikes whether it's shooting on the break or snap shooting or laning, running and shooting. They just got those fundamentals down to I don't know I don't know if you can call it science but just it worked for them and they under, they came up through that Russian camp understanding the way that they wanted to play but then I guess I think not I guess but I know a big thing that set Fedorov apart and then Mishka and then especially Sergey being the younger of the group and Malloy is just they opened up and they saw the different styles that were played in, in North America and the US and they embraced that and they just made it their own mm-hmm and uh, they got really good, and they 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 got they knew what they got really good at, from Mishka to be landing on the break, Fedorov running and shooting, and Sergey just getting tight and locking stuff down. Um, they got really good at it, and you put them together. It's a, if you look at the 2014 season, it's almost like they were unstoppable. Yeah, they struggled here and there, but they were it was unbelievable to watch them play, uh, and just dominate. And just I mean they shit on everybody. Yeah, I mean, not just fundamentally, but just decision making. Well, go with they, is, do they go with their guts, their instincts? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I've never really asked them. I've never asked Fedorov, you know, why he reacts the way he does, but he sees things and he reacts to them. And I think that he's he's so, he's so above everybody that, I mean, that he can do. He understands he understands situations and the lanes and where the bodies are on the routes that he can he can gallivant. He can show off a little bit because mm-hmm. he knows it. And that's just that just to give you an idea. It'd be like me saying I have an IQ, whatever the IQ scale is, right? Say it's one to a hundred. My IQ is fifty for math. His is like one fifty, and so he can, you know, what I mean, when it comes to paintball, he can take the time and he just gets it. Mm-hmm. Has he that's, made? That's one of the ways I can look at it. Has he taken advantage of that and been able to make a living off of paintball, or does he do something else? I honestly, I don't know. I know he's, he still travels the world and, and he does clinics and he goes to South America quite a bit. I think he's actually fluent in Spanish. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. <clears throat> I know Mishka, I think for a while was running a paintball store, helping out with that. Um, but I don't know what else Fedorov does, really. So there's still, there's some like international men of misery. Like I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I was always curious at that. I like, I, you know, you you look at some of the best players in the world. And, you know, are they making a living out of this thing or is it just kind of uh, a stepping stone, a, a, a nice, you know, a nice comfort 
stepping stone or is it uh, is it just a hobby for them? Are they doing something else? Probably both. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you don't. I don't think anyone gets to the level where we're at now and hasn't made any money off of it. Yeah. You know, if you if you if you're not or you haven't figured out a way to to to, um, what's the word? Franchise yourself essentially. Right. Cut out that little nook. <clears throat> Whether it's you know clinics or, or working in the industry, then that's you know you're failing. You have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's no other stuff out there, but you know, it's it just you have to make an effort. I think it's, it's just like trying to, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I think there's a difference too um, between making money with where we're at and making a living. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Because a Absolutely. lot of players, a lot of players out there are making money mm-hmm. in many different ways, but I think very few have been able to make a living uh, no, I mean, doing what we do. I don't, unless you're really working in the industry or you're doing a bunch of clinics or I mean you have to be there's a couple different things right and there's you can look at it based on teams um, you know you play for heat you play for we can say heat damage impact dynasty dynasty is the outlier they've got people that are financially have, have finances and are, are paying players right with prob- with cash they're getting paid with cash mm. and or and or guns and equipment to supplement that as well can you make a living off that uh, I'd say the only reason why I would say no now is because looking at most of the guys on those teams, they're the same age as we are, as you and I, and their life is, is going on. But if you're going back 10 years ago and you're 22, yeah, you could probably make a little bit of living off that. You're getting subsidized by your parents if you're lucky. You know, I mean, there's there's, there's other things going on in life, and you, you don't need much. Uh, you fast forward to where we're at now, 10 years, yeah, you, you need a little bit more. Uh, you look at a team like Dynasty, they have a brand, like they have Field One, and they can use that. I don't know how much money they're making off of it, but. Yeah, that's something that, that that team's bought into. So you know, Ryan Greenspan is the the at the precipice of that. He's the head. He's the face. And yeah, his paintball is his his income. He, that guy travels the world weekend in and weekend out, um, doing clinics, anything paintball related. He you know, and, he, and it's great because if you pay attention to what he does at Instagram and his Facebook and well, he only does Instagram. He doesn't do Facebook. Um, and you watch, go to his website and you watch his channels. That just where everything he goes and does is because of paintball. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, if, if he can do it, um, and other people can, you know, Oliver got to where he's at. Uh, yeah, anyone can, but you just have to be able to work at it. Yeah, like you said earlier, luck, uh, but you have to be able to seize opportunities, and um, you just have to find the drive to get to those spots, to those, to those um, things, and you have, to, you have to be willing to sacrifice a lot, a lot. But why hasn't why hasn't now from when we first started, which is a long time ago, and even the you know dynasty guys, the older dynasty guys, or anybody older in the league, um, why hasn't why hasn't it not become um, something where it could be life changing just to be a player and an athlete rather than being an outlier uh, to be able to make money in this thing? I mean, there's there's money to be had in in yeah in in. Uh, Gaming and in in snowboarding and all these other extreme athletes or extreme sports rather, but for some reason it, it's always been uh, cliche of professional players to be on this pedestal but not be able to actually make any money playing paintball. And everybody's well, the money's not there. Well, the money's like is is somewhere and it's somewhere in all these other sports. And it's just like how why hasn't it changed? 
for instance, well, we've started. I think forming. I think the big thing. With, with, I mean, you said a lot, and so I'm trying to like pinpoint everything. Yeah, sorry. I, I sometimes I, I, I deal go... with this stuff. No, it's all good. I deal with this stuff all the time on on social media. You know, that's it, the one thing that always. I knew this was going to come up in talking to you, where people always say, "Oh, paintball's dying, or stupid, and it'll never grow to be anything." I mean, paintball's young, and if you go back and look at any of these, if you extreme sports is fair to look at first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing started out big. You know, whether it was skateboarding competitions or snowboarding, and these weren't massive events. But the one thing um, that they had was, I mean, everyone's had. They've always been looked at as just being something that's not going to grow. Right. You know, you can you can look at snowboarding and skateboarding as prime examples. Like, oh, that's stupid. No one's going to follow that. That's dumb. And and over time, and it took a little while, it built up and it became accepted. And that's one of the cool things I think about paintballs. Almost nobody is has not heard of paintball. They know what paintball is. They have some idea of it. They know someone who's played. They've probably played. They've seen it in t- on TV and a commercial on a movie. Um, so paintball is growing in that sense. But when it comes to the professional aspect of it, uh, you look at the organization and you know you can look at it almost as like the federation. That's the big thing in Europe, the federation or, or the qual. Look at the qualifications for all the Olympics. That's like the one thing. Oh, the Olympics. So why here we go again? Why is the paintball an Olympic sport? It is the organization. It has to be organized. I mean. There's so many moving parts to what actually has to happen at a paintball tournament as opposed to okay I'm gonna strap a surfboard to my feet and go down a hill mm-hmm. You know, there's the there's the judging um, And you can same thing as skateboarding but There's so many other Moving parts to what the game of the tournament side of paintball is um, And I think that's it's gonna take time. It's gonna take time and you look at now uh, People can say well look at look at well esports. That's that's even you know younger than paintball and look at where it's grown. Well, yeah, um, most kids get bought a console game very young. It's it's very easy and addicting, as we were talking about, mm-hmm. to be able to play a game. It's relatively very cheap, and all you have to do is sit on a couch. And you look at the demographics. Like I'm literally watching. Like Twitch is up right now. I'm not watching anything, but I can see that Shroud. If you haven't heard who he is, um, and I know I'm sure people that are listening will know, but he's a big streamer. He's got 21,704 people watching him play right now like that's that's i don't know if that's ridiculous but i think that's crazy to watch him play a game um you know we do the webcast i don't think we've broke over thirteen thousand people at once maybe watching a paintball game and there's way more people that play paintball a year than thirteen thousand people mm-hmm. and this is whether it was free or not free you you can go back and use whatever metrics you want but i don't there's i don't think there's ever been any anything even close to anyone breaking even over 15,000 concurrent viewers at a time right. watching paintball. And uh, it's just the demographic. Look, we have to we have to compete with. Compete with someone. All I have to do is go on my computer to watch um, someone play. And I know it's something that we're working on. We're, we're messing around with Twitch and being able to bring stuff to people when it comes to paintball. But the demographic of people that are playing video games is the same demographic of people that we want to play paintball, if not younger. Right. And it's so much easier for... Uh, instead of a parent having to, I'm getting that, you know, how easy is it for you to let, you know, you want to distract your kid, turn the TV on, put a video on for him, you know, let right. him play with your phone or an iPad. Well, that's all people have to do now. And they've already bought these things and invested their, their time and money into them. Yeah. You want to play video games? Sure. Go ahead. Oh, Hey dad, can you take me to the paintball field? That's an hour away and give me a hundred bucks, you know, for the day for food and yeah. to, you know, to, to run a gun and buy paint. Yeah, why don't you just play some video games online with your friends? And I'm not going to lie, 
I could, you know, I could definitely see the appeal to sitting here and playing video games all the time. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I mean, I kind of, I jumped around a little bit with that, but it's, it's just the, and what paintball has to compete with now, the, um, uh, what's the word? Just the accessibility of other things to distract people. Um, and the, uh, ease, what's the word I want to say? Well, the effort, it take, going, it doesn't, the, the effort the, going the effort, into yeah. it. Yeah. But you, yeah, you have to, it's, it's an, and paintball is a special thing. I mean, you're going out there and you're actually trying to shoot somebody with something that hurts. And it's not, it, it takes, you gotta be a little, you gotta be a little malicious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if there's, if you, you need to learn a lot about people, especially people that play tournament paintball. Yeah. There's you know, consequences. There's, there, there, there's consequences. When you go and play paintball, there's consequences. When you play a video game, the only consequence is that you have to start over. Like right. you, you just, you just, you know, you you wait to start over. But with paintball, there's, there's, there's the, the rush, the pain, the, the, the walk back to the, you know, dead box. There's all this stuff that's involved. And I feel like, like video games, you know, for as much as people love them, I think video games is, is such this short term, uh, short-term thing with long-term effects that just everybody gets so addicted. It's like fucking cell phones, right? It's like cell phones where, yeah. you know, you, we were just talking about how, you know, to distract your kid, you know, turn the TV on or, or give them a tablet. But then so many people are doing that just so they can look on their phone and get on their tablet or, or watch TV or something. So it's, it's this weird, like little malicious thing that I feel we're getting so, and, and, and this kind of ties into paintball too, but like we're getting so tied in as a people of this digital age. And I think we're, we're kind of losing this, this want or, or um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Or this, this angst to get outside and like physically go do things. Desire. You know, yeah. rather than, you know, rather than do that, we want this instant gratification <laughs> of being able to, you know, play a video game, die, you know, uh, recarnate or whatever, and um, and just do it all over again for hours and hours and hours on end. And yeah, I mean, why would I? Why would I want to? And why would? Why do I need to go out and see something when I can just type it in on my computer and I can see it? Yeah, it's absolutely ease of access, and I, and I think that's where paintball just has the doesn't have the upper hand uh, because it's you you have to physically take your ass outside um, and 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 do something. And that sucks to say, but. It just it is what it is. Yeah, it's definitely part of it. I mean, it's that's uh, you know, it's something as GI and Go Sports we're looking at, and how do we overcome? How do we take? Well, yeah, I mean, how do we take? We've looked. I mean, the people we've drawn up a PUBG Fortnite game that we would create. We would go somewhere and build an arena and try and get people to play a game like that to see if you know what I mean. How do you yeah. how do you harness? those people and get them off their computers to come out and play. And it's, you know, people say, well, make paintball cheaper. I mean, paintball is cheap. It's yeah. not that much money to play. The one problem that we've done to ourselves as an industry and as a game, and this is where ramping guns went away, is one, ramping guns are as intimidating as hell, right? Yeah. It's scary to a new, t a new time, right? And people have to get this idea that tournament paintball is the end-all, be-all paintball. It's not. It's, it's creating a different format. We just played, case in point, we just played a 10-man tournament, um, and we had 53 teams, and last year it was 17. There were mm -hmm. over 600 players that came out to play 10-man, a mechanical, for the most part, mechanical or capped at 5.5 game. And everyone loved it. Everyone had a blast. Yeah. 
um, the format, the, the game style of paintball is dramatically changed. Everyone says, well, paint's expensive. Like, well, you don't need a case of paint to play paintball. You have to change your thinking around. Like, if you went out there and everyone in the rules, this is like M500 in a way, if everyone went out there and played with a loader and that's all you can get, you wouldn't be blasting paint. If you right. went out there and played with a mechanical gun, uh, you wouldn't be shooting paint. Like, if, I mean, I, I guess if I could look at it, people have always said, well, what's the solution? Let's do away with ramping guns. Let's do away with national events and rebuild the structure of tournaments from the ground up. Yeah. Of playing competitively. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. You know what? No more ramping guns. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. No. If, if anything, um, you know, like you said, start over and, and see what works because, but the, but the thing is, is it like we have to find that happy medium, right? Because for us, what might be fun is going and playing these events, but it's still, is it, is it intriguing enough of people for the first time watching that? with it being even like slower of a game, is that going to be as exciting as watching, you know, somebody shoot really fast? And is that, is that as intimidating as it would be somebody watching a slower match kind of unfold and be able to comprehend that? I mean, the, the people that watch the games and, and are the people that are invested into paintball. Right. I think that's one thing that people don't get is that well, how come you know no one likes watching this? It's boring. It's it's boring to watch. It's boring as someone who understands it to watch. The one thing that we really need to to do is I want someone to be able to watch a game of paintball, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be a game as a tournament. It doesn't have to be an NXL. It doesn't have to be um, a ten man event. It has to be paintball in some way and go. I want to go play paintball. Right. That's the win. It's not I want to go play tournament paintball because I don't think anyone goes and sees people do that and goes oh that's sweet. You know, or you know, they see someone get blasted a lot, and that's intimidating. I want someone to be able to see a guy in a paintball tank at Ion driving around shooting people, or shooting Nerf rockets, or you know, getting all dressed up. And there's that there's that milsim or cosplay aspect to it. I want someone to be able to see a game of paintball being played and go, "I would like to go try that." Yeah. And that doesn't. I think that's the, a problem that a lot of people have. Is they think it has to be turn paintball, and that's where a, a lot of our focus is, right? It's you want to watch paintball being played. You got to pay for the webcast, and you got to watch tournament paintball. You got to watch the pros play, and sometimes it's really boring. Mm-hmm. And but the only people that's you know are interested in that are people that play tournament paintball. Un- well, unfortunately, I think it's more times than not. It's been really boring. I don't know if it's the fields. I don't know if it's. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it has been terribly boring as of late. And I've had to watch a lot of paintball on Sunday, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, you, I mean, but uh, yeah, I hear you. But I don't know why has it come to that. I mean, obviously, paintball players have gotten better. Um, you know, the I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on the guns being better. I think I think guns have always been, if anything, they they've they've shot smoother or softer or whatever. I mean, paintballs have always flown straight. Um, if you have good paint yeah. and everything aligns. But I think just paintball players have gotten so to a point where nobody wants to make a mistake or, or try something anymore. Or everything is so already set in place and in line because of the, the relentless weekends of practicing and, and practicing said tournament field that it has now become like you're not, you're not creating anything at the moment uh, because you're not taking that risk because you know that it won't work rather than figuring it out at the tournament. And that, and that's where I think some of the, a lot of the fun stuff to watch and the intriguing stuff is those times of being able to create moments and, and really figuring out a field at the tournament 
rather than practicing sure. it for two weeks and, and really honing in on bounce shots and, and all this other shit. Like for me, at least it was fun to really, really like figure a field out and play it out and, and find all those those shots and be the first to be able to like, oh, shot this because the guy did, had no idea. But now you go to take that shot and the guy already knows that that's like that's that's a threat. So he doesn't even look that way or do this. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that definitely makes sense, and that's that's come up in, in the topic of discussion numerous times. I mean, but you know, the big thing you said there is take the risk. Well, why do you take the risk? Well, whether or not what's you know, R- it's good. well, what's you, the other R word? A reward. Exactly. You know, you have to be, you have to be rewarded. So the game has come to a point now where the good teams that have are you know have, have consistently been the good teams know the system. The players know the game that. Depending on the layout and depending on situations, that if you put yourself in this in this spot, that's how you're going to win. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, you play the layout, you learn these things, you play other pro teams, you you see other people's looks, and you you develop your own style and, and play to the the game. Um, and then you get tested, and right. you know you do what you you do what you have to do to win. Uh, and and it's, it's it's interesting you say that because I found I'm going to be talking with Maddie about this next week is that. Uh, over the last two years, it's been interesting to watch when teams get down and the, the clock's ticking down and they have to go. And you see those you see those very um, uncharacteristic breakouts and moves and how well a lot of these teams that's have the done by just people. doing it. <laughs> that's like the last two well, minutes right, are the most know, interesting part of the matches, if it's close right, anyway. And, so, and it's like the question is, well, why – if that team had been playing like this the whole time, this aggressive and making these moves and taking that risk, then they'd be, they'd be winning because the team that – is the better team and you could just say impact you can just say impact and then you can use pc katana as examples you know if they play probably a bunch of times impacts in a win but when katana gets down and they have to go and they do they're and a lot of teams like this they're a great team and i'm not trying to say impacts or katana's is terrible but it's just to look at two opposite ends of the spectrum there right and um you know the that's the risk versus reward there's no risk there's no reward in doing that early and that's where again if you change the format of paintball you have to provide some sort of reward for doing that and how do you alter the game the term on the tournament side of things to do that you know is it if you score two points or you know three points in the first three minutes you're rewarded with something mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know i mean there's been there's so many different ideas on that and how to change it um yeah it's just do you uh, think the player the the professional players should be involved in that or do you think that's more of yeah absolutely it it should i mean it's i know i mean i've had tom cole every time i'm with tom cole um at events somewhere you know he's asking questions and he's listening And, and the one thing i will say is that all these people are tuned into what's going on online they read it they see it whether it's pb nation facebook instagram they're seeing it and i i can I believe for the most part that the interest of the game is involved for the future and looking at it and making it more exciting, not so much just for like say the webcast or television, but just for the, the, the baseline enjoyment of the game in general. I mean, if you look at who, who's running the league um, and who's doing this, it's people that grew up playing paintball. Like they have a passion for the game. I mean, it's a business. Don't yeah. get me wrong. They want to make money at it. I mean, and I would too, especially if I've been doing it, you know, double what we've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know these are guys that aren't playing, but if I think if they generally didn't like the game, they wouldn't be around doing it. They'd find something else. Right. So, 
Um, but I, I mean, we have this discussion all the time about what we can do to change things. And I don't know, you know, who is it on? Is it on the league to do that? Is it on the industry to kind of reformat what the game is? Is on? Is it on fields? You know, to, yeah, to reinvent games. I mean, you know, what kind of format do you come up with? And this again, too, we're we're leaning back towards tournament paintball. I mean, you and I played tournament paintball, um, but I'll tell you, the, some of the most fun I ever had is going out there not playing tournaments at all. <laughs> this yeah. is playing in the woods, playing for fun, doing a simple elimination game, but one where you can, where you feel most comfortable. Right, and what? Well, let's let's say, let's say now on the tournament side, you get paid, you get paid a salary, a de- a living salary, um, the and then you get bonuses for winning tournaments, and you now, you know that that's not that it's a job, but it's something that you love to do. That you that's all you have to worry about is playing paintball, and, and with that team, you can get bonuses for winning tournaments. Now, does that become fun to do? Because now it's it's something that you've been. You've been putting your blood, sweat, and tears, and and knees, and everything in for your entire paintball career since you started. Now, does that take precedence in in something that you enjoy doing? Because there there is something to actually work for or towards, rather than you know I don't know what the budget is for for the yeah. NXL or, or or what, but um, you know having having something like winning something like an event, I feel like. At some point, should be not. I guess not with ten guys is going to be life changing. But I mean, even if you had one guy win twelve grand, I mean that's said something. But that's not bad. But for for ten guys or, or eight or whatever you have, I mean it's that's nothing. No, especially if it has to go back to the owner of the field. Or right, team. right. But I mean, if, if you look at if I don't how many kids growing up that play whether it's baseball, soccer, football, hockey are like. You know, their their parent. You generally your parents introduce you to a sport that they had some tie in with. Right. Right. Like for me, it was baseball. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. For you, growing up, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I played baseball. Baseball. All right. So you get your kid involved, and they either like it or they don't, or they find another sport and they, and they continue to play. They continue to, to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know of any kid. I mean, at least for me, I wasn't like, wow, I can make millions of dollars doing this. Okay. I'm going to commit my life and all this, this is hard work and these sacrifices and all the drama and everything that goes along with it into doing this. Just so when I go pro, if I do barring any injury or life changing event, I can make millions and then I'll be done. I didn't everyone. I think everyone does it for the passion of the game. And that's where the demo, you know, the demographic of paintball compared to tournament paintball compared to every other sport. It's just, it's, you can't even compare them. There's not even a comparison. It doesn't it doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense to do that and go. Well, I mean, these sports are that much bigger and they work out. Well, they tens of millions of kids are introduced to something like this. And if you look at if you just take of the tens of millions of kids that play these these games from when they start um, and have a, there's a, a system in place to help them build up. Uh, you know, you take two percent of that, and I mean, how many people make it? To the NFL, what percentage of players? And they have yeah. to go from, and I, don't even, I never played football. They have to go from Pee Wee to whatever it is, then to high school, and then to college, and then if they don't make well, it to college, baseball. it's a semi. Look at baseball yeah, exactly. with the AAA, double A, you know, yeah. and... and then even then you're not making anything, and you know you want to ask if it's worth it. I mean the the only thing that but can you're making worth a living, it, like are let, you? 
Well, let's uh, from say what I've seen, man, some of these guys aren't making jack. Well, there, you there's know, a, so um, Toledo has a, uh, a hockey team called the Toledo Walleye, which is a feeder team for the Griffins, uh, which is um, another feeder team, another feeder team for the Red Wings. And I mean, for those guys to be able to do that, I mean, they're practicing. They have to be practicing as much as the pro teams are. So they right. have they have to be making a living. If it's if it's anything, I'd have maybe. to say maybe 50, 60 grand if that, but that's a living and they've made it to that point, right? So I feel like with paintball, it's you know, and even let's go back to baseball, right? So you play baseball and you're halfway good. Let's say your team's winning and you're doing something. Let's say you get picked up by college. You're still being driven by passion. But no, for sure. But at some point, when you recognize your ability, or not necessarily you recognize your ability, but but others start recognizing your ability, then you kind of start thinking like, "Hey, man, if I really work at this, this could be life changing." Because if I do make it to even, let's say, I even get drafted, I mean, there is ha- there's a guaranteed payout, right, of being drafted, um, of making a living because you are now being dedicated to playing said sport or whatever and you're getting paid for it but with paintball it's so fucking like you hope to get now get kids now i feel like hope to get picked up by houston heat or impact or who this there's no more like you know man i, I want to play for aftershock that's all that's what i want to do i want I'm, i want to play for aftershock and once i get there like that's that's the goal right but now i feel like it's they, they see these other teams and like oh well guys are getting paid here and getting paid here and these guys play like shit like the names almost don't mean anything anymore. I feel like everybody wants to get paid, but I feel like I'm hoping eventually once you do make it, you're sacrificing all this time and sweat and tears away from everything, once you do make it, you should be compensated in some way. And I'm not saying your gear and your flights are paid for. You're still like that's not a living. That's you're you're getting, you know, compensated in that way for a hobby that you do well. It's not it's not you're not relying on that to make a living, but some no, people yeah. are. I mean, well, it's, it's just. I, I mean, the the big thing that's coming into play here with what you're saying is just is this the the monetary value, right? And I don't. I've never put a monetary value on paintball. To me, it's just the competitive side. I've I, I've always been competitive, and, and in playing paintball, that human chess match of being able to outsmart someone and shoot them, and then knowing that when I shoot them, depending on where I shoot them, it can hurt, and I can say I'm better than you. Um, and then being told that I wasn't driven enough to play inspired me. So mm-hmm. for me, the, the value comes out of it when I step on the field with my team and I know I'm playing the best players. That's the value for me. That's where the, there's the payoff. Uh, yeah, I've gotten the bonus now where you're yeah, working in the industry and, and playing professionally. I've gotten money off that and I can make a living. But that's where I think it has to be with a lot of people too to be a competitor. I mean, you see... You know, I mean, you go to basketball or baseball, some of the, the, the greatest, whether it's you're talking about Frank Thomas or Michael Jordan or, or whoever it is, but to be able to say that I played on the same court as the best people, I made my way to the top, got whatever I was getting paid. And I'm sure it gets to the point where some people are all about the money, right? Mm-hmm. But I got, you know, when Kobe first stepped on the, on the court against Jordan, you think he was really worried about how much money he was going to be making that year? No, he was like, I'm on the court against Michael Jordan. Whatever, whatever he was, whatever Michael was to Kobe, that's who he was. But I know when I first stepped on the field against Oliver Lang, yeah, it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> nothing, mm-hmm. nothing mattered. You know, that's. It, it, I think that's the, the side of it. There's gonna be that that side of that human 
part of you that's you know is about money. You're going to get to that point, you know, where I guess that's what I'm saying. Because money's money's going to come into effect. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was with yeah. all these guys. But when they're, if you look at the, what the average age of these guys, the guys that have made it into the NBA, that go pro in any sport, you know, you're looking at late teens to early twenties, and um, the majority of them aren't making that much. They're making the league minimum, um, and they have to they have to earn their way up. Right. And I'm, I would guarantee you that they're not about wow, you know. Probably, you know, I'm not making it. I'm not making enough money. I made it. I made it pro in the NBA. I'm not making enough money. I'm going to quit. This isn't worth it. After all, everything I just went through. No, they're going to want to get theirs and get on the court and compete against the best and show. And if you're driven enough, show everyone what you have. Yeah. And I, I, that's the hope, at least. I mean, if you did all that yeah. for, for, what are you doing if you if you went that far and didn't and didn't didn't have that? Well, you're desire. in there for the wrong reasons at that point. I mean that's yeah what, yeah I mean it's it's ludicrous. I mean, when I first I can, started, I can playing, see it though. It, well, yeah, yeah. But uh, when I first started playing, I, I mean, that's all I wanted to do was play against the best. I mean, that's all I still want to do is play against the best. And and the whole reason I bring any of this up is because it it hurts because I remember when Maddie had this conversation when he was like, "Man, I really." And I said this in the last. I, I believe I said this in the podcast with um. Uh, with Thomas Kim and it was he was telling me like I'm I'm glad that you are going to be a part of a generation that are going to get paid to do what what I've done for you know my entire career and I thought about that and I was like that's that's awesome like I can't believe paintball is going to get to that that point which it did not until I played for Avalanche was I actually getting a pay and that only lasted a year and then once and that was that was such an amazing feeling like you really felt like a professional athlete like I felt like I my I felt like my hard work and dedication that I put in has has finally come to fruition um like it and obviously when I because I can play against the best in the world that was that that was amazing and that was a goal of mine too but now to get paid for something that I that I'm good at that I enjoy doing was was just the cherry kind of on top where I didn't really have to think about anything else. I, I made it. It's funny you say that because it's like the opposite for me. Yeah, like I got an aftershock and I I, I wasn't getting paid, um, but I mean building up to be on that team, I would literally collect all the leftover paint from the squad so I can play. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my gosh, I made it pro. I don't have to pay for paint. I can shoot as much paint as I wanted, 15 balls a second full auto, and, and that's it. I didn't care about any of the money. I didn't care about guns or gear. I just wanted to be able to not have to, like, kick or lift open paint boxes that were in the trash can. Oh, <laughs> so I could, dude, I, that... could, I could have a half a full pack. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, making it on heat, when we actually got paid, like, legit paid, um, it, didn't, it didn't mean anything to me because I wasn't playing. I was just sitting there. I was like, I'm getting paid money to not do anything oh, situations yeah well you know what i mean though like mm-hmm. like i was the way the way it was treated the way randy did it um the last year on the i was on the team was like you had a salary you were getting paid you were getting gear and i was like this is this has got to be the closest i remember thinking this after um you know he told me everything i was getting i was like this has got to be the closest it could be to being pro mm-hmm. it's like a true professional well at least in our culture the way the way it is to be a a, a like an NBA player, a basketball player, a football player, any of that, where I've got my endorsements from my sponsors, I've got 
what I'm getting from my team. I've got my contracts. I've got all that. But it, yet it, that year in 2014, it felt like I was not even close because yeah. I wasn't competing. I wasn't playing against the best in the world. And I, I would have traded everything I got in from Heat in 2014 to play geez, a quarter or half as many points as I did throughout that year. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, yeah. I used it and it, you know, it, it was fun, but not to, to not be able to compete, to sit there on the sidelines and watch when a year before I was out there just about every point playing and beating those people. Yeah. Yeah. I would trade any, all the money in the world to be able to go out there and do that. And I, yeah, you know, I, I, what we're touching base on, it just depends on people's outlooks, you know, coming up from whatever background they had to, you know, their life circumstances and where they've become, people value things differently. And you can, you can, if you pay attention close enough, you see how those things affect people and how mm-hmm. they grow and their, and their character changes. Yeah. For sure. Well, and then, you know, this was 2007. I started playing pro in 2005. Yeah. So, or, yeah. yeah Tipman Effect, right? Tipman Effect was pro, your JT All-Stars, something like that? Yes, we were playing. No, no, no. We, we played, maybe it was 2004. No, yeah, it was 2004 because 2004 I played uh, NPPLs with Tipman. Um, and we went pro that year. And I was like, oh, this is – and see, but that – and I, I wasn't getting paid or anything like that. And I was like, this is awesome. So I started playing pro in 04, didn't start getting – didn't get paid until 2007. And then I felt like I like I was an, an actual athlete, professionally you know, paid athlete. But, I mean, I did – I definitely did not do it for the money at, at any means. Um, but it – but you take your, take your situation and then put it on somebody who was playing – or starting and mm-hmm. that could have made them work harder because now you know let's say the season doesn't go well or they don't have a good season I mean it could go away at any point well it could any regardless it could go away at any point but it's like in some instances people will take that and go okay well I've made it now now I have to work harder to hold my own and prove my spot and then in your situation you could be like well what the fuck I could care less whether or not I'm getting paid I want to fucking play yeah, no, you know. for sure. I mean, it's it's all about perspective, and um, there's so many different ways to look at it. Um, like you said, I mean, you this. And, and, yeah, these are all games that we play that are sports, um, whether they're major sports in the U.S. or not. Uh, but they're all inter- there for entertainment. Right. And they're businesses, and you know, the U.S. goes to war with Russia or some idiot blows off a bomb or creates some chaos or, you know, an asteroid hits the earth, no one gives a shit about any of that. Oh, Everything yeah. changes, you know? Yeah. And, and that, that, that's on a global scale, you know? Mm-hmm. Something can just happen, like you, you know, hinted at, something can happen in your life and everything goes away. Yeah. And, you know, you have to be, you have to take into account what, uh, what's important to you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a long subject. But, uh, I think uh, I think we can call it a wrap, man. I gotta want to call it a wrap. Like, yeah, like a chicken wrap or like a buffalo chicken. Oh, like a cut it out. Like a cut it out. Like like how about uh, get me down there and I'll be on the GI uh, podcast. Hey, you know, I'll, what is that I called? Talk. Um, so we have there's a couple different things that we're trying to do and really expand them. You should see the if if you there's this door behind me. If I were to open that up, we have the hallway all the way down there. We've got a studio. Mm-hmm. If I had faith in my internet connection. Because we've got like four different Wi-Fi's right. in this in this floor, um, I'd take you down there, 
and uh, we're building out this whole studio. It's going to be pretty badass. We use it for a couple of our GI live shows we've done. Um, but we're looking to do Go Sports GI on a weekly, bi-weekly basis where we have content um, being pumped out for people to watch. Both, right. I know, for Go Sports, both free and behind the paywall. Um, and then just bringing people in and talking shop, talking whatever it may be. Yeah, fly me down. I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> just let me know at airport. Well, I don't know where you fly out of in that state of yours. DTW, baby. DT, you, that's Detroit? Yeah. I only, it, Detroit's 45 minutes from me. Well, I don't know these things. Like, geography in that region's not much. Like, once I hit, like, trade my gun to Plex, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're too far east, it's even pretty, though I live in the it's southeast. It's pretty similar, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm talking about it. Sweet man. Well, um, well, thank you for doing this and uh, keep You're pumping welcome. out the content. And it was a it was okay. a great time. I had a great great time. I'm glad. Maybe you should, maybe I maybe I'll see you on the paintball field sometime soon. Yeah, maybe if I uh, stop being a little pussy about everything. Well, you know, spread your legs and shake all the sand out. <laughs> Dude, having shit knees is no joke. Like. I, I dude again oh like it's, it's it's funny I mean you say that and I mean I I count myself so lucky that I haven't and I know I have because I know there was a time when I'll remember this and like it was 2006 or seven I was working at the ProCaps warehouse and my knee would buckle it would give out mm-hmm. and I was like yep I, something's not right but I'm not gonna go to the doctor I'm not gonna find out what it is <laughs> yeah it's just gonna fix itself come on Wolverine come on just heal yourself yeah and back Play then yourself. you would just shake okay. it off. It, it wouldn't really be that big of a deal. You in, in a couple of days, you'd ice it, you'd kind of get back, you're like you're good. Now, yeah, you know, hey, when I did that, yeah, it wasn't that way. I mean, yeah, it still hurt. I mean, I've I've been lucky where the worst thing I've actually done is when I was playing Barcelona a few years ago, I broke my thumb. Mm. That was it. My thumb got caught on the turf, snapped backwards, and I broke it. Did you tear? But I haven't. No, I got pissed and I went out there and played the next point, and I ran to this. <laughs> I ran both those points. I ran to the snake on the break, running and shooting. Of course. Yeah. And your thumb was just flapping in the wind. No, I just once after the the, the adrenaline, I was like the first point. I was like, yeah, that okay, that hurt. Something was not right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, we gotta go back out there. I pulled it, yanked down. I was like, I can move it. Kind of hurts, but whatever. Second point, I ran. The first point, I did it running, shooting left-handed, break my thumb. Go out there to the next point, right-handed, running, shoot the snake. Put my hand down. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's not, not good. And then I just was like, okay, if this really hurts, we need to win because I'm running the snake on the break. So obviously something's not going right. And. uh I shoot like a guy or two and then I get shot and, I'm like, and I immediately just walked into the pit, took all my stuff off and went straight to the, the emergency tent. It was like, help, some, you didn't help me out. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, your thumb's broken. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I haven't really had too many too many injuries. I've had, I mean, probably the, the nastiest looking one is I have a pretty good scar. You probably can't see it yeah, right there. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, from, that was from a broken stake that I just came down on and I was like... It it's one of those where it's like it's so deep that it doesn't bleed. It's just white because mm-hmm. of just all the meat and everything. But, yeah, I saw that at an event recently. Oh, it was terrible. But um, but the whole knees thing that really hasn't affected me except as of late. And uh, it's just it's it's no joke, especially with how I play and the position that I play. It's not good. But yeah, no. But I'm doing I'm okay. doing better. I mean, Chicago and uh, and World Cup should not be a problem that was blue so you're, knocked pl- off. you're playing chicago maybe maybe not i don't know who knows right, well i'll be paying attention <laughs> i'll just magically show up if you guys ever have me up in the commentating booth again 
You'd think I would have said a cuss word live or something. You guys just shun me. All you have to do is show up. I am. I I make eye contact with you while you're in up there. When 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 you were at the last event, and I mouth you, I mouth you. I say, "You were at Carl." Carl, what was the last event you were at? I don't know. The one that was before the last one. (laughs) Which one was what? Uh, You were in Texas. You were in Atlantic City. I was in Texas. You were in Vegas. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. You you were in Texas this year. What was this last event? Atlantic City. Yeah, I was not there. Yeah, and you were in Texas. Yes, and I was in Vegas, and I I I looked at you both times, multiple days. You were in, you were not in Texas. I was I'm 100% in Texas. The Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah, in the in, in did the you Dallas. Play? Did I pay? Play. Oh yeah. Why don't I remember you at all? Because I probably played public shit. I got died a lot. You sure you're not talking about last year? No, I'm pretty sure. I thought sure. you, how long have you been, you've only been out for one tournament with your knee? Meter was on the team. Um, that was when we had Meter and Pax. I think Pax is still on the team. Yeah. So. Tell me, I don't know. <laughs> um, as far as I'm Vegas, I, I remember. Everything changed. I thought Texas yeah. were, I thought Texas, jeez. Uh, All right, well, no, goes. Yeah, we just edit this part out. No, it's good. It's fine. It's fine. I, you, you guys do your own thing. It's cool. You know, I'll be around. All you have to do is all you have to do is climb the ladder. That's it. Just climb up. There. You guys have barbed wire on the top of the ladder most of the time. Well, you know, that'll happen. Mainly for me, but it's all good. All right, man. I'll okay. let you get to it. Get some pub. Get some more PUBG in. And oh, uh, me too. And, I, and then I have emails get coming in right now, so I'm actually gonna have to work. <laughs> Great, because we're probably hearing this live, and they're watching it live. So that'd be sweet. No, it's not live. I don't have that set up yet. If it was, I would start yelling profanities out loud. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Hope the family does uh, does well. I hope I see him in Chicago. Well, no, they're in Florida. No, Are they gonna be, be there. there? Mm-hmm. Sweet. I think as of right now, I think my family's gonna be there, but uh, I don't oh, know. So we'll see. We will see, and I will see you in Chicago. Later, Tater. Hey, see ya. <laughs> Thank you, Nick, for sitting down and talking with me. I had a great time, man. Enjoy your PUBG or your... Yeah, it's PUBG that you're playing. <laughs> I'm so out of it. I have no idea. I don't play any video games or anything like that. I about... I don't know, three, four years ago, I sold my Xbox and everything, and I just I couldn't get into it anymore. I had other stuff that I wanted to do, but I hear it's pretty addictive, and uh, a bunch of people are playing it, though. But, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. People have their own things uh, to each their own. So thank you, Nick. Anyway, I will see you soon, and uh, safe travels. And a quick thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you to Carbon Paintball who I mentioned in the beginning, uh, if you guys are still listening, I mentioned in the beginning that they are having a small deal go on where if you buy an SC harness, you will get a six-pack of the SC thermal pods for free. That is a six-pack for free um, when you buy an SC harness. So check them out. And if you guys use the promo code, capital T-P-O-P, you'll get 10% off at your checkout. So thank you to Carbon. Uh, also, big thank you to Mike over at Charm City Paintball, who is kicking out all the Kitha headgear uh, that you see, you know, multiple people wearing now, actually. So uh, I know Rocky Nuth uh, has some. 
uh, some of the guys on Aftershock have some, I have some, uh, I wear a sweet American flag headband um, on my harness, so as a pack band. I also have pack bands available, but, uh, but Mike hand sews every single one of those. So if you guys want to check out any of his work, uh, go head over to Charm City Paintball on Facebook or Instagram, and you can see it all. So thank you, Mike. And we are also brought to you by Planet Eclipse, who are the monster paintball marker manufacturers and who have changed the game year over year uh, in, in paintball and who have done nothing but great things for the sport and are, uh, are very supportive in, in trying to find ways to, uh, to change our sport for the good. And I like a company like that, and I really enjoy all the people in that company. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with that company pretty much my entire professional career, and they're, they're just good people, man. Um, so if everybody's like, oh, you know, Planet Eclipse is the you know, most popular markers, and everybody's shooting this, well, that, there's a reason. There's a reason why. It's because they're awesome. The markers are awesome. The pro, you know, the product and the and the company is awesome. I enjoy them, and the Emac is awesome. I'm pushing it because I enjoy it, and it's super fun. They're not telling me to push it. Believe me, they want to push CS2s. They want to sell those things, but I'm just pushing the Emac because they're amazing. Uh, but anyway, thank you to all of our sponsors, and thank you to everybody listening. Much appreciated, and. You know, I, this podcast, I don't know where it would be without uh, you guys out there listening. I, I'm very, very grateful for everybody out there. So please, like I've said before, don't text and drive. Listen to podcasts. Keep your hands free and your eyes on the road. And, um, you know, we want everybody to come home. So, uh, so thank you very much. And we will see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.